another episode of the Skull Search Podcast. My name is Tyler Fornes, and today is going to be a little different than we have done in the past. We normally do a YouTube bit with uh, Jason and Dave uh, doing Mock Draft Monday, but unfortunately, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we were unable to record. So, I am going to be bringing you a solo rendition of a four-round Vikings Mock Draft. Now, as we've talked about in the past... There are a couple different ways you can kind of go about this. What you would do, what they would do, and what should happen. And we're going to kind of just let the board come to us, and we're going to really treat this as a BPA, best player available. Because at the end of the day, I think that's what the Vikings are going to do. With the needs of this team and kind of how the draft shapes up in the first three rounds specifically, best player available is going to help the team with need positions. So we're going to kind of make that work. And right now, we are looking at... Uh, having the number 14 overall pick, and we're going to use the Draft Network's template as far as their mock draft machine. So, as I start the machine, we're going to kind of take a look at who is available. And we are getting a call right now from the Las Vegas Raiders. They are offering us 160, 17, and a 6 next year to come up to pick 14. And we're going to politely decline that offer I would take a fourth-round pick probably to come right up here. Give us that fifth, fourth-round selection. But a five is just not going to do it for me. So, kind of here's what we got on the board. We've got Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Joseph Osai, edge out of Texas. A couple running backs, Najee Harrison, Travis Etienne. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora from Notre Dame. Now, I think a lot of this has to do with how the Vikings are going to attack free agency. Are they going to let Anthony Barr go? How are they going to address the offensive line in free agency? Does a Kirk Cousins trade happen? Because we've kind of heard rumblings over the course of the last couple of years that Kyle Shanahan loves, absolutely loves Kirk Cousins. Will they actually materialize into a trade? I don't think so. In this rendition of the mock draft machine, Justin Fields fell all the way to number 10. And he got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, which is really interesting. But we saw Devontae Smith go number 2. Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase went at 6 and 7. Kyle Pitts at 8. And both stud cornerbacks went already in Patrick Sertan to Caleb Farley. So the Vikings are kind of in a unique spot. If they do move on from Anthony Barr, I think Micah Parsons can make a lot of sense. Or if they move on from Eric Hendricks, I think he can play both an off-ball and on-ball linebacker spot really, really well. And he's got all the athleticism. Now, the big thing with Parsons, he was accused of some really, really bad hazing uh, by a player. Him and Uter Gross Matos. We're talking stuff with uh, uh, genitals and all kinds of just nasty, gross stuff. So I don't know if I would touch him in the first round. Trey Lance is available. If you move on from Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance is absolutely perfect for what Mike Zimmer wants to do. Utilize the running game, boot play action, push the ball down the field. You know, this it would be an absolute perfect fit. But I'm going to go a little bit different. We're going to take Christian Darris out of Virginia Tech. I think he has all the tools. He's an absolute road grader in the running game. He is a very good technician in the in pass protection as well. And He's not going to be absolutely destroyed by uh, pass rushers with power. And I think with the zone blocking scheme, that's going to be really, really big uh, moving forward. And 
I really like Derisaw for this team. I think that also means we're projecting Riley Reef to be gone. I don't think the Vikings are going to be willing to pay that $11.5 million. Uh, sorry, that would be the savings. It's $13.5 million next year for Riley Reef. They're just not going to be willing to pay it. And I think we need to understand that. We need to look at different directions. I would also think about Sam Cosme here. Sam Cosme is the left tackle out of Texas. He's an incredible athlete, 6'7", 308. He does have some power concerns, but I think he's more developed in the power area right now than Ezra Cleveland was coming out, and I think he would be a really nice addition at left tackle. He's incredibly long. Yeah, his tape against Caleb on Chase on last year at LSU Texas was fantastic, and I think that Vikings will fawn over a guy like Samuel Cosme, and they will do a really good job in order to actually utilize him. Now, we're looking at sitting right now at about pick 50 on the mock draft machine. Uh, and the third round has been really interesting the first couple times we've gone about doing these. The third round has really had the same core groups of players. They've had offensive linemen uh, kind of littered throughout, but interior defensive line has has just it's been absolutely fantastic for that position now we've been offered a trade from the buccaneers to move back from 78 to 92 and we get 171 in the fifth round i don't think this is going to be enough considering what's going to be on the board if it was a four probably taking it but i'm not taking it for a fifth i know nick olson also climbing the pocket would might disagree as far as what the analytics say but we're going to kind of move on so our first three prospects jackson carmen offensive tackle clemson Spencer Brown, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. Walker Little, offensive tackle, Stanford. Kind of a rough draw considering we just took Christian Darris on round one, and I don't necessarily project any of these guys being able to move inside to guard very easily. So let's look at kind of the other options. Quincy Roche, edge out of Miami. Uh, Richard LeCount III, safety out of Georgia. Andre Sisco, safety out of Syracuse. Uh, Paris Ford, safety out of Pittsburgh. Israel Mukuamu, cornerback out of South Carolina. Hamsa Nassiruldeen, which we have taken a couple times already. Safety out of Florida State. And here's the interesting one. Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida. Kyle Trask is a, is a really, really good college quarterback, and I think he's has a chance to be successful in the National Football League. Will he be is the big question. I think that his success in the National Football League is going to be contingent on his landing spot. If he goes to Pittsburgh, if he goes to New Orleans, I think those are perfect for him. The way they utilize the short passing game, those concepts, staying within the pocket, I think Kyle Trask can absolutely thrive. What the Vikings are going to ask him to do, I think he would struggle a decent amount. So we're going to kind of veer ourselves away from that. Uh, Quincy Roche is a really interesting one. Edge out of Miami. He transferred there from Temple. And kind of the idea was, for Quincy Roche to uh, play opposite Gregory Rousseau and he'd be able to, to really thrive there. He didn't. Uh, obviously, we know Rousseau opted out. Jalen Phillips stepped in, and he was the one who really took off, and he did a fantastic job. Uh, Roche only had four and a half sacks. He is a little bit undersized. We're talking 6'4", 235. I just don't think the Vikings are going to prioritize him. Uh, so... This is a really rough spot. I, I'm looking at uh, safety Richard LeCount 
from Georgia. I think that he could really uh, play outside uh, Harrison Smith really well. Uh, and I think this is kind of what we're going to we're gonna go with moving forward. He's got a fantastic football IQ. He has good range, and I think the ability uh, to pair the range with football IQ playing opposite Harrison Smith is going to be really key for kind of what Mike Zimmer's going to want. I know safety isn't necessarily the best, per se, uh, as far as uh, positions that the Vikings um, prioritize. Zimmer has said multiple times that he just does not prioritize the safety opposite of Harrison Smith. So, but with what the board has really given us, I think Richard the Count III is going to be our best selection. So we're going to go ahead and take him. Now, we're up again at pick number 90. And 90 is also going to leave us with an interesting uh, array of options. And let's kind of see uh, who is calling and offering us trade. So... We got another offer from the Buccaneers. Move back two spots to get a six next year. The Cowboys are offering us a seven this year and a three next year. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to accept the Buccaneers offer because it's two spots and you get an extra six-round pick. We all know how Rick Spielman likes to have that excess draft capital. So we're going to take that and we're going to roll with it. So we're getting a call again, this time from the Bengals. They're offering us two sevens this year. And 108 to take 192. I'm going to say no to that. So the two guys that we would lost out on are both from Washington. Uh, Levi Anwuzarike, the interior defensive lineman who we took last week. And Joe Try on the edge. I think both those guys would have really been able to help the Minnesota Vikings. But unfortunately, they are off the board. So we have Spencer Brown, Walker Little, Andre Sisko, and Paris Ford still available to us. But we're probably not going to be taking either of those positions because we've already uh, addressed them early on in this draft. Now, a couple of guys that we're looking at, we're looking at Patrick Jones II, the edge out of Pittsburgh. When I was watching Jalen Twyman tape, he kept flashing. And I really liked what I saw, and I'm excited to take a really big deep dive into Patrick Jones. Uh, his, his game is just excellent. He has 17 and a half sacks in his career, and he has a, he has a really good um, ability to play a true 4-3. And I think that's going to be important for Mike Zimmer. He's not he's not going to be the biggest flashy guy when it comes to athleticism, but I don't think that matters too much. Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Um, I'm waiting to get tape on this guy because he has all the athleticism and, and the power. Um, I think... As far as translating into what the Minnesota Vikings want to do on defense, he's going to be able to play that five tech. He's going to play that Everson Griffin role. And I think the Vikings will really like that about him when they're looking at who they should take in the draft. So I'm going to go ahead and take Ronnie Perkins, the edge out of Oklahoma. Look, these speed bendy guys, that's just not something that Mike Zimmer prioritizes. He prioritizes guys who are more well-rounded. He wants running. He wants, you sorry, guys who can stop the run. And that's exactly what Ronnie Perkins is going to be. He's going to be that physical presence. So we've gotten an interesting trade offer. So we can go up from 117 to 102. Uh, and in exchange, we're going to take 141 and move down to 178. So we move up 15 spots to drop 37. 
if you really love a guy up at this spot, I think that's a great idea. Kind of based on how the board felt, I don't think this is a move that the Vikings should make because there's really not anybody that's standing out to me at this time. So we're going to go ahead and decline. And just kind of looking at the first few guys to go off the board, a couple interior old linemen, Kenneth Gainwell, Kenny Yoboa. Andre Sisko has been on the board for a while. I, I'm just not seeing it. And we're just going to kind of wait our turn to 117, and we're going to see what the board has to offer. Now, the Niners have called back. They're offering us 115 and 154 for 117 and 141. I'm just going to wait the two picks because I just don't see anybody on the board that I'm desperately wanting. So we're here to pick 117, and there's there's a couple really good options on the board. If you want to take another depth running back, you have Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State, and I think Chuba Hubbard could be really good for this team, but I also don't think this is this is quite the spot, and Chuba Hubbard, in my opinion, has some big vision issues. But wide receiver is really going to be where this draft is incredibly deep and where you can get guys really late. Sage Surratt, he opted out from Wake Forest wide receiver. He's a physical dude. Uh, Tylen Wallace is kind of the same way. Incredible at going up and uh, grabbing the ball out of thin air. But Jalen Twyman is also still on the board. And while we have our safety, our offensive lineman, and our edge, we don't have interior defensive line. Uh, figured out yet so we're going to go ahead and take Jalen Twyman Twyman is an incredible pass rusher and that's really what you want out of that three technique position there aren't a ton of guys who are going to be that Geno Atkins type which is what Mike Zimmer had in Cincinnati now Geno Atkins was a stud and he did everything he was just a true game wrecker I don't think Twyman's ever going to quite be that physical presence that you want but he's going to be able to penetrate and rush the passer incredibly well something which this team is desperate for and they have been since, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sharif Floyd. Uh, I unfortunately had his career ended by a botched surgery. So we're back on the board of 123. Sage Surratt and Tylen Wallace are still there. So is safety guard Darius Washington, who I really, really like. But unfortunately, he won't, uh, he won't be the pick here because we already took a safety. And just kind of looking at everything, kind of the guys we have on the board. Hubbard is still there. I'm just thinking wide receiver might be the best route to go. So you got your two big physical receivers. And one of the things that's really fun about where the Vikings are with this receiver class, you can take anything. Because both Thielen and Jefferson have position flexibility. If you need to move one of them to the slot, you can do that. If you need them to play the X and the Y and you draft a slot, you can do that. They Vikings are very flexible in this position. But I really like what Tylen Wallace can do. You need that red zone threat. Kyle Rudolph's probably not coming back next year. And Tylen Wallace is going to be a true jump ball. I'm going to just snatch the ball out of thin air kind of receiver. So we're going to take him. And the Vikings are going to come back up at pick 133. And I'm really interested to see how the board falls at 133. Oh, here we go. This, I am not going to, oh... This is an interesting one. So we get 131 from the Saints, and we get a 2022-3. In exchange, we give up 133, 141, and a sixth at 194. So basically, you're giving up a four and a six to get a three next year. And I think the Vikings normally would do that. But with this exercise and kind of what we're doing here, I'm going to decline. 
because I, I want to give everybody a little more of a sense of kind of what would happen when we're taking a look at the board. And that's really what these are all about, is trying to get a better sense of what the Vikings uh, could potentially do moving forward. So, kind of taking a look at the top uh, at the board right now, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's not looking great for kind of what uh, the needs are. Uh, it would be nice if we could find material O-line right now. It's it's not really prevalent. Cornerback is not there either. So at the end of the day, you're just kind of taking uh, best player available. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. It just would be really nice if, you know, best player available also match up with what the needs are. And I'm going to take a guy who we took last week in Cade and Stearns out of Texas. Now, Stearns kind of had a similar path to what Grant Delpit had last year leading up to the draft. He had a lot of hype. He had a really good freshman season and then kind of fell off. He just had some struggles tackling, uh, struggles um, reading the offense in front of him. And I think Stearns, with a, with a year in the NFL to truly develop, I think can be a really good player moving forward. So he's a guy I would want to take a chance on in the fourth round. So here we are with our last pick in the fourth round, 141. And we're, we're looking at a lot of receivers, offensive linemen. Uh, one guy that's really standing out to me is Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle, BYU. Overall, I think he can be a, kind of a spot starter in the National Football League, kind of on my initial viewing. And he can, he can play both sides. He can also slide inside and play guard. So with that kind of flexibility, if you're not drafting him to be a starter day one, you want to have a guy who can do a little bit of everything. And that flexibility, especially on the offensive line, is key. So we're going to take Brady Christensen. And our draft has finished. So here's what we ended up with. We ended up with offensive tackle Christian Darius out of Virginia Tech. Safety Richard LeCount III out of Georgia. Edge Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Interior uh, defensive lineman Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh. Wide receiver Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Safety Caden Stearns out of Texas. Offensive tackle Brady Christensen out of BYU. Now, if this were to happen for the Vikings, this look, you're looking at it, it's not sexy, but it fills needs all across the board. We got two offensive linemen. We got two defensive linemen. We got a, we got two safeties, which Harrison Smith might not be back next year, so that's not a bad thing. We got a wide receiver in Tylen Wallace. There's a lot of good depth pieces for this team. And quite frankly, we we need to get as many good players that can play as we can. Bring in talent. That's what the Vikings were able to do here in this mock draft. Now, I'm really interested to kind of start delving into all these guys and kind of see moving forward where the direction is going to go. We talked with Arif Hassan a couple weeks ago about like how these measurables affect what the Vikings do and what they really look for. Now, it came out this earlier today that the combine is not happening uh, in its normal capacity. COVID-19 is still an issue. Uh, guys, just wear your masks. Let's let's beat this thing, okay? But the combine is just not going to happen. So we're going to be relying on pro day numbers. We're going to be relying on um, unofficial times, which is a really scary thought because a lot of people don't trust pro day times at all. So it's going to be really tough finding all those measurables and stuff. So I think we're going to be basing a lot of it off film. 
And if you're just basing it off film, I think this is a really good group of players. It's going to be really tough for those small school guys, though, because they really rely on those testing numbers to show that they're going to be able to translate a lot easier. But we're going to be back here later this week where Andrew Harbaugh and I are going to sit down and we are going to talk defensive players at the Senior Bowl and kind of what to watch with through all the position groups. And we're going to also be back every single Monday talking Vikings mocked drafts and trying to play out different scenarios that can happen. We're eventually going to start incorporating even more trades, maybe talking some trade ups and see what that could look like because the Vikings may covet somebody early on in the draft. But until then, have yourselves a great week and skull.